It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Penn State football has a big game in SEC country against Auburn tomorrow, and this player will have to step up if the Nittany Lions hope to win. Find out that and more on today's edition of Locked On Nittany Lions. Welcome into the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. I am your host, Zach Seiko, and it is a privilege to be a part of the network now. I just recently came on, and now I will be your host to bring you daily Penn State content, football, basketball, wrestling, you name it, right here on Locked On Nittany Lions. Penn State football traveling to Auburn, down to Alabama to play a game against the Tigers, uh, and it will be a big one Two undefeated teams going into it. Uh, We're going to go through all of the things, including X-Factors, head-to-head matchups, which is very important, uh, and then the game flow itself, and then ultimately the prediction. We'll start off with some headlines and then talk about my conversation yesterday with Zach Blackerby as the host of Locked on Auburn. Some some things we need to address from that. Uh, But in case you missed these... Uh, Penn State is apparently running into flight issues, uh, and some people might think that'll affect the outcome of the game on Saturday. From what I've heard from people that are on or around the team, this is not the case. Uh, There are no flight issues. They had to change some things in the itinerary, but they're going to land. There was the rumor of a 13-hour bus trip, and Penn State didn't know how they were getting into the airport or anything like that. No. Penn State's fine. They just had to readjust because there there were some changes to the uh, landing area where they were originally scheduled to fly into. All they had to do was change it. So there's no there's no issues. There's no flight issues. Uh, but it was reported by the Athletics, so it was just just a hiccup, just something to that threw Penn State's schedule off. Tight end Theo Johnson was back at practice this week. Uh, tight end Theo Johnson missed the first two games against Purdue and Ohio, probably. One of Penn State's biggest potential targets. Uh, he's he's slowly come along. If, for anybody that remembers, uh, he was a former four-star recruit, a 97 out of 100 according to 24/7 Sports, and uh, he was back at practice. We don't know what the nature of it was. Uh, most people assume that it was an injury and that he's recovering. Uh, but Theo Johnson was back at practice, and people hope that he can play against Auburn that hasn't been confirmed or denied by head coach James Franklin. Sanders Sahadak, the backup kicker, supposedly is going to be the long field goal place kicker for Penn State. So if it comes down to a long game-winning field goal, and it could, it could, say, 50-plus yards or so, and this was something that Penn State had done in the past with Jordan Stout and Jake Pinniger. It was 40 and in, it's Pin, uh, 40 and out, it's Jordan Stout. Well, now it's 50 and out, Sanders Sahadek, and it doesn't flow, obviously, as well. Penn State is, again, kind of showing that they don't truly believe in Jake Pinnaker as a place kicker. You hope that it just doesn't come down to a long one, a long kick where it's either going to decide the game or really put Penn State at a disadvantage if they don't convert. So you hope that Jake Pinnaker is reliable, but that is something uh, to be seen if it does get down to that situation. And Penn State will kick off at noon against Central Michigan the following Saturday. So on the 24th, 
Penn State will play Central Michigan at home at Beaver Stadium, and that is the first game that Penn State is supposed to sell alcohol, actually. Uh, If it is approved by the board and everything goes well, that will actually be the first time that Pennsylvania, uh, Penn State will have alcohol sales inside of Beaver Stadium. That is a noon kickoff against the Chippewas of Central Michigan out of the MAC Conference, and we saw what they did to the Ohio Bobcats just a week ago. Now, I went on Locked on Auburn yesterday, and it was a great time. Zach Blackerby is a a great colleague to work with uh, and excited to continue to connect with him. But uh, he wasn't kidding when uh, he wasn't kidding when he said that I would get some flack for some of the comments I made. If you missed it, it was it was a crossover. So it was the previous episode. So we previewed directly the the Penn State versus Auburn. So you get the Auburn expertise and you get the Penn State expertise. And he wasn't kidding when he said I would I would get some flack for what I said about Cam Newton and TJ Finley. But I want to go on the record and say that I was just comparing TJ Finley, the Auburn quarterback, the starter, but he's been rotating in with Robbie Ashford, who's the speedster. I've been saying that he was a prototype of Cam Newton and everybody took it and ran with it. I think maybe there were dozens of comments from the Auburn fans that were saying, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. No, they're not, they're not wrong. Uh, No, Uh, all joking aside, I was saying that TJ Finley just has a similar build. He's got just similar mechanics. Cam Newton was obviously a Heisman and a national champion, a first overall pick. So no, they are not directly related. But in the fact that TJ Finley is huge, he's six foot seven. The comments kept saying that I was over, you know, I was overstepping by saying Finley was athletic. Uh, he would beat any of us in a race. Any of you in the comments section, he would beat you in a race. So I don't want to hear that he's not an athlete. He is very agile for a guy that is as big as he is. He's able to move the pocket. Is he a world class sprinter? No. Uh, in is he a prototype of Cam Newton in the sense that they have the similar build, they have similar mechanics, uh, but Cam Newton was a much better athlete and a much better passer. But I didn't really think I needed to go further than that. But since I put Newton and Finley in the same sentence, uh, I got some crap for it. So let's let's just address it there. Uh, I will go on the record and say that I stand behind what I said. That T.J. Finley is just similar in that sense to Cam Newton, but obviously. He is not Cam Newton. But it was a great conversation with Zach Blackerby, and I, I encourage you to check out the Locked On Auburn podcast if you want to get another in-depth look at what the Tigers are going to do against Penn State. Because here you're going to get the Nittany line perspective, and that's great. But if you want to know the opponent, you want to get the real scouting report, which I'm going to do today. But if you want to get it from Zach Blackerby, I highly encourage you check out the podcast uh, over today and just some of the other previews that he's put together throughout the week. Does a lot of good work. So Penn State is a three-point favorite. Some places, three and a half. The over and under, it's moved around. It has moved around. But it has settled at 47, 47 and a half in most places. And if you check out Bet Online, they have Penn State currently as a three-point favorite, and the total set at 47.5. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. 
Bet Online is also your continued source for all of your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. This is Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Zach Seiko. And talking about the Penn State game versus Auburn, the Nittany Lions going down to Alabama to face the Tigers in Jordan-Hare Stadium. And Penn State is going to have some players that need to step up in this game. But let's start with the X factors, okay, just in general. The Nittany Lions need to establish the running game. You can't close out a game that is going to be close, and I think it's going to be close, and I'll tell you why. But the running game, it's got to step up and do what it did against Ohio. Now, okay, it's the Bobcats. I get it. It's a MAC team. Penn State should have had that. Nicholas Singleton should have had 179 yards, and he did. Big Ten Freshman of the Week. But the running game's got to step up. So that goes along with the offensive line. The offensive line has be, has to be good enough. And we know how talented the Tigers are in the trenches on both offensive and defense. That offensive line for Penn State is going to have its hands full. This is the best group that they're going to see all season. I will, I will tell you about Derek Hall and the rest of them. But Penn State really will have its hands full because Auburn is sound inside the trenches. The offensive line has been the thing that's made or made or broke the Nittany Lions all of the past five, six, seven years. Honestly, throughout James Franklin's nine-year tenure. The better the offensive line, the better the offense has been able to move. Last year it wasn't good, and that has to do a lot with the zone schemes, the zone blocking schemes that Mike Yursich is implementing, and those guys just weren't used to it. So now they're used to it given the fact that Yursich is in the second year of running this Penn State offense but they are definitely an X factor going into this game. I mentioned the trenches just in general, the Penn State defensive line. It's in the same case. You can't get blown off the ball against this Auburn offensive line. And I'm, I almost want to retract what I've been saying throughout the off season and, and leading up to week three. I thought the defensive line was honestly the best group on this roster. And yeah, that's with the secondary. I know that's with the secondary. But the Penn State defensive line was supposed to have a lot of depth. They were supposed to have some game changers back. P.J. Mustafer looks great, but Adisa Isaacs had a slow comeback from his injury. You really haven't seen enough from Chop Robinson. He showed some flashes since coming over through the transfer portal from Maryland. But there really hasn't been like, you know what, that's the guy. He's really stepped up. You have to account for him. Other than Mustafer coming back from his knee injury, I, I don't know that the defensive line has really done much. They did not look good against Purdue. Purdue's not that great in the trenches, um, and Ohio for that matter. And that's and that's what got worrisome. 
it's like, okay, well, you know, Purdue's a Big Ten team. It's going to be neutralized, right? But the defensive line should have had a field day with the Bobcats. And they didn't. They didn't. So now it's starting to get to, okay, maybe we should start considering pressing the panic button on the Penn State defensive line because I thought they were going to be a, a huge component to this Penn State defense. So far, the secondary has been top-notch. That's been expected, but I thought the defensive line would add that compliment, if not be better, and they haven't. They, they've honestly really disappointed. So they are an X factor because they can really make or break this game. The final X factor for Penn State before we get to Auburn's X factors from the Nittany line perspective is the place kicking. Already talked about Jake Pinnegar and Sander Sahadak in the headlines, but Jake Pinnegar, he missed a PAT against Ohio. He missed a field goal against Ohio. And they weren't 50-plus yarders. It wasn't windy. These were kicks from the two. And I think the other one was about 40 or so yards. And he missed them both. He was fine on other PATs in the Purdue game. He was 5 for 5, obviously, with five touchdowns. But you can't, in that kind of stadium with that kind of crowd in a game that is going to be decided by possibly a field goal. If Pinnegar misses one where Penn State really needs to convert because I think this game is just going to, it's going to fly by. It's going to be a fast game. And, and believe me, I will tell you why here from, from Auburn's perspective. But place kicking, you got to be perfect because you're going to get down the field and then your drive might stall inside the 20. You best be reliable when they really need you on the field there. So for Penn State, your X-Factors are the running game, the offensive and defensive line, basically the trenches, and place-kicking, special teams. For Auburn, the passing game, Penn State's going to sell out for the run, and the Tigers are going to run the hell out of the football. I expect them to run 50-plus times in this game with who they have in the backfield between Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter. But the passing game, just talking with Zach Blackerby of Locked On Auburn, talking with other people that are around the Auburn football team, the passing game has not been good. They've had interceptions in multiple games against lackluster opponents, Mercer and San Jose State. They had a close one against San Jose State, only decided by a touchdown. And if Penn State is able to force Auburn into passing down situations, then the secondary is going to have a field day, okay? If Mercer and San Jose State are forcing turnovers in the aerial attack, imagine what this Penn State secondary is going to do if T.J. Finley or Robbie Ashford uh, has to throw the football. Perfect segue into the second X factor. T.J. Finley, Robbie Ashford have to limit turnovers. You can't throw the interception against this Penn State defense, especially with Manny Diaz at the helm. Man, that's the turnover chain coming over from Miami. They haven't forced a lot of turnovers yet on the Penn State defense, but this could be the week if Finley and Ashford get careless with the football. Auburn can't afford that. Throwing an interception inside their side of the field. Say you get the ball, you start at the 25 or the 30 after a, a touchback on a kickoff, and you just turn the ball over right out of the gate, you throw an interception. Penn State will capitalize on that. 
and I'm sure that they are emphasizing that. They've tried to emphasize turnovers, haven't seen it yet, but time will tell. Last X factor for Auburn, the pass rush. Derek Hall, the Auburn defensive line, going to be the best group that Penn State has seen so far. It's only week three, so yes, the Nittany Lions are going to see some better talent against Michigan and Ohio State, of course. But this this might be one of the better groups they will see all season. Okay, I'm talking so top three, and then you can cycle them however you want. If Auburn's pass rush is able to affect Sean Clifford, then you'll really see a low-scoring game here. With the way that Auburn, I think, is going to chew the clock and the way that this defensive line for Auburn could alter the passing game, Sean Clifford's prone to not a lot of turnovers, but the bad turnover. And you don't want him to throw that pick six like he did against Purdue but or just that bad fumble getting hit from the blind side. That battle between Auburn's pass rush and the Penn State offensive line is going to be one to keep an eye on. Next, we do have head-to-head matchups. Specifically, from talked about the X-Factors, now we have the head-to-head matchups. The first one, I think the most important, edge rusher Derek Hall against the Penn State offensive tackles. Derek Hall only has one sack on the season. That's fine. But he is an NFL prospect. He could feast in this game. The tight ends are going to have to step up and help. They might have to chip. The running backs are going to have to be key in pass protection. But if Derek Hall is going to line up against Caden Wallace, Derek Hall is going to win that battle a lot of times. Olu Fashionu is on the left side. He's the blind side protector for Sean Clifford. Olu Fashionu has been really good this season. Has not allowed a pressure through the first two weeks. Purdue's defensive line is not good. Ohio's defensive line is from the MAC conference. Still important to preface, but Fashionu has been solid. He has conversations ahead of him to go to the NFL, maybe even be a day one or day two pick. This could be a true test for him. It kind of it kind of shows how good of a player Fashionu can be to go into this environment. He's still a young player. He got his first start against Penn State or against Arkansas in the Outback Bowl when Penn State played on New Year's Day last last season. Hall versus Wallace or versus Fashionu is going to be very important because that edge pressure is what Sean Clifford likes to escape the pocket. If they are able to contain him, that is going to be key, and I think they're going to move Hall around and try to experiment with him in different ways. The next head-to-head matchup. Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter against these Penn State linebackers. Penn State linebacking core has seen a, a lot of criticism, I must say, throughout the offseason. Uh, they've been deemed the worst positional group by a lot of people uh, near the Nittany Lions, fans and media alike. And not for good reason. They don't deserve it, but they're inexperienced. They lost so much talent. They brought back Curtis Jacobs. But when you lose three guys to the NFL, Brandon Smith, Jesse Lucchetta, Ellis Brooks. I mean, that's hard. That's, that is really difficult to overcome. Kobe King and Tyler Elsden have been good compared to the expectations, but they haven't really done anything yet. They've been good. They haven't been bad. But they haven't done anything great. 
So that is important to keep an eye on. If Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter are able to have success and, you know, break off nine, ten yards every carry, the linebackers really need to step up. And they're supposed to be those downhill run stuffers, Kobe King and Tyler Elsden, Jamari Budden. Curtis Jacobs has been great thus far. I don't think he's getting enough credit, but there's three linebackers out there on the field. We'll get to Jonathan Sutherland in just a moment. Javarius Johnson versus Joey Porter Jr. That's just the battle in case that Auburn gets into passing downs. Is Finley or Ashford able to go to its top target in Javarius Johnson? Seven receptions, 158 yards. He had a a long catch, uh, had a long play of 56 yards, but he has no touchdowns, so they haven't gone to him inside the red zone. And Joey Porter Jr. is most likely going to shadow him. Now, this isn't the case of, oh, he's a true number one receiver. He's a game changer uh, and everything else. Johnson's good, but he's not a Smith and Jigba at Ohio State, for example, where Joey Porter Jr. is going to have to shadow him all over the field. I I imagine that Porter Jr. will have a side of the field and Johnson will line up across from him. You'll see that battle a lot, but when you get into passing situations, Finley is going to have to rely on Johnson and Joey Porter Jr., is going to keep playing shutdown football. He, he's been really good. He is playing his way into a higher day one pick. The mock drafts had him in the late first round. He could go top 15. Joey Porter Jr. really could. The tight ends for Auburn. They cycle a lot of guys in at tight end, but this is their number one tight end, John Samuel Shanker, and that is against Jonathan Sutherland. So I, I told you I was going to bring up Jonathan Sutherland. He is basically that tight end coverage. He is that weak side linebacker. His responsibility is to be coming down as a safety. He was a former safety, now he's a linebacker, and he's supposed to be able to still match up with those tight ends so they really don't have to change defensive personnel. That's just one to highlight because Auburn does like to go to Shanker. He's the second leading receiver on the team, and if they do get into passing situations, uh, Finley's going to try to rely on him if it's a third and six, third and seven, where they just need, hey, we just need a quick, easy easy completion, and to continue to move the chains. So Sutherland's going to have his hands full against Shanker or any tight end that's going to rotate through. And then the last one, Cam Riley, the leading tackler for Auburn against Nicholas Singleton or Katron Allen or Kevon Lee. Riley leads the team with 20 total tackles. Really, really solid player. He might have a future in the NFL. And his test is is going to be, can he keep up sideline to sideline with a speedy singleton up the middle? You're going to see a lot of gut runs from Katron Allen. Allen's been solid. And then Kevon Lee, what's his role now? Now, that could that could honestly have another Locked On Nittany Lions podcast of its own. What is the role of the running backs now, given Singleton's performance against Ohio? Singleton's now the bell cow. I did There's really nothing more to say about that. He's going to be the starter. He's going to get the most touches, carries, receptions, whatever have you. Singleton is now the guy, and it's just a matter of who cycles in more. Is it going to be Allen, or is it going to be Kevon Lee? And I feel bad for Kevon Lee. A fun fact, interestingly enough, Kevon Lee was the last Penn State running back to rush for over 100 yards back in November of 2020 against Michigan. Excuse me, October of 2020. October of 2020, it was Kevon Lee, and now Kevon Lee is getting benched for the guy that just did it a week ago. 
Nicholas Singleton uh, is a good running back as a true freshman. Uh, they all are. They're, that rotation will see time on the field, and Cam Riley is going to be the one to have to stop it. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. This is Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Zach Seiko. Let's wrap this one up. Penn State versus Auburn. Penn State is a three and a half point favorite. Here's how the game's going to go. It's going to be a slow pace game, and that's because the Tigers are going to steal from the Illinois 2021 game plan where the Fighting Illini won 20 to 18 in nine overtimes. Auburn's going to do just that. They're going to run the ball 50 times. They are going to take their sweet old time. They are going to keep the ball away from a Penn State offense that scored 35 against Purdue on the road, respectively, and then Ohio, 46 points against the Bobcats just last week. The Auburn conditions are going to be tough for Penn State. I know that Penn State's already went on the road. They saw the blackout at Purdue. Now they're going to see the orange out in Auburn, but it's a longer trip. It's an unfamiliar territory. Regardless of the of the issues, quote-unquote, with travel, Penn State's going to have to deal with a hostile crowd that they've never been around. I mean, this is the Big Ten SEC crossover matchup that people want. Like, this is huge. For Auburn, this game's right underneath Auburn versus Alabama. That's how important it is to the Tigers, and it's really a battle of conference supremacy, if you will. Who has the better conference? Is the football better up north, or is it better down south? The SEC believes that they are king. The Big Ten is not playing catch-up. I think they're right there, Big Ten versus SEC. Auburn wants to defend that crown for the SEC. It's a new territory for the players. Now, for James Franklin, there's some familiarity. He coached at Vanderbilt. But I don't think that, you know, that's not good enough with players cycling in all the time. Uh, You do have that game from last year, but that was at Beaver Stadium. Penn State didn't have to travel as far for that one, of course. They just had to get up and, and roll on through on the buses. But... Uh, this this is a different type of environment that they're going to see for the first time. And Auburn will get up for this game. I I was not concerned in the slightest. Everyone's, oh, well, Auburn barely beat San Jose. They they only won by a touchdown. They, there's, there's nothing to worry about, right? No. Auburn was looking ahead the whole time. They did not care about San Jose. They were ready for Penn State all along, so I think it's what they've been focusing on. They're going to get up for this game, and just for all the reasons that I said about the SEC versus the Big Ten, and you don't want the Nittany Lions coming into your territory and trying to win this game. It's going to be the best group of athletes that Penn State's faced all season. Uh, Hall, Bigsby, Riley, Kaufman all have futures in the NFL. They're some of the best that they're going to see outside of Ohio State and Michigan this year, so just be prepared for that. But this is a slow-paced game. I'm going to give my prediction again. I say Penn State wins 20-17. to Auburn's going to play keep away with the football. They're going to run a bunch of times and try to win the same way that Illinois did against Penn State last year uh, in, in a just a very ugly game 
after the week after Ohio. But I don't think Auburn can do it. Auburn's just not as sound of a team as they were in years past. Between all of the things surrounding the head coach Brian Harson in the offseason, you had so many people jump into the transfer portal, and they're still as good as they are, but they would have been a lot better had some people stuck around. And I, I just think that you're you're getting a team of Nittany Lions that are really going out to fight for James Franklin. I don't know how many people are fighting as hard for Brian Harson, especially given that the athletic director just they asked him to leave to walk away. That was the guy that brought Harson in. So Harson's got a lot on the line, kind of similar to Scott Frost at Nebraska, and we saw that he got canned. I'm not saying that Harson's going to get fired after this Penn State game, but there's just a lot riding on Brian Harson and Auburn this season. So I'm going to go Penn State 20, Auburn 17. It's going to be a very uncharacteristic, low-scoring game, just the nature of it. I think that Auburn will provide some pressure in the trenches on the defensive line. Uh, but Penn State will be able to overcome it, and it actually the game will be won by the coaching. I think that James Franklin and the staff uh, will do a better job coaching this one up against Brian Harson of Auburn. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for welcoming me in to the Locked On Podcast Network and the family. I'm Zach Seiko. I'll talk to you again on Monday when we recap this one between the Nittany Lions and the Tigers of Auburn. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.